You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Earth Oddity. We thank you so much for joining us. Whether you are a prisoner with contraband <laughs> where the sun don't In shine, your prison wallet, <laughs> or whether you are a polygamous ninja in Utah. This uh, got in a little trouble with the law. We thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope everyone has had an excellent Thanksgiving. Um, hope your Black Friday was great. Uh, got some Black Friday deals coming up here shortly, <laughs> but uh, we want to want to let you know about that. But thank you again for downloading us. Um, and all we ask is that you tell at least ten friends to download us uh, that aren't currently downloading us. Um, yes, as a way to thank us back for. All the hard work Tiny puts into this show. <laughs> we do this on a budget of zero. That's so right. Those yes. reviews, man, that makes it all worth it. <laughs> yes, yes. We do need more reviews, of course. So, um, But let's get started here. I mean, we want to get right into it. Uh, we've got some Black Friday deals, which I know that's passed, but Cyber Monday's coming up. <laughs> um, and a lot of people do cyber deals all week long. So That's true. Hopefully, you can take advantage of these. This comes from Vice News. Um and the headline is hackers and drug dealers are offering Black Friday deals. Um, hacker hackers and drug dealers on the dark web are offering Black Friday sales on stolen credit cards, discounted botnets, <laughs> and cheap heroin. And just as a word of advice, you don't want to skimp on your heroin. Like <laughs> you, you don't want to get the cheap, like the the dollar store brand heroin. You want to go ahead and and spend that little extra. To get a good quality high, just want to offer that piece of (laughs) advice to you. Uh, A report published Wednesday by cybersecurity firm Digital Shadows shows uh, mentions of Black Friday spiked on dark web forums in recent months. Black Friday has had the unintended consequence of emboldening and enabling profit-seeking cyber criminals, Rafael Amato, a research analyst with the company, said. Um, One of the major trends researchers found was tutorials teaching aspiring criminals how to conduct credit card fraud against some of the biggest retailers on Black Friday. Lessons were being peddled for as little as $20. So, I mean, these deals are hot and we don't wait to to get on board. (laughs) They should should call it Dark Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because of the dark web. I like that. That's pretty good. Uh uh, carding tutorials targeting Walmart, Best Buy, and Nike have been advertised on hacking forums and in private Telegram channels in recent days. In one Portuguese-language Telegram channel, the administrator highlights the impending Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales before reminding users to take advantage of the fresh payment cards being sold in their online store. So first of all, you're going to need to download like Rosetta Stone software, <laughs> learn Portuguese, 
and then go to this forum, pay $20, and figure out how to do credit card fraud. But maybe there's some good Black Friday sales on the on Rosetta Stone. Yeah, right, so. true. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can find some of those. Savings all the way around. <laughs> Uh, in the spirit of the holiday season, one carter urged others to come together and pool resources in order to bulk buy items during the sales with stolen credit cards, which could then be sold for a profit. A contribution of just $60 would cover the cost of a stolen payment cards and the hacker's times. Uh, buying Black Friday items with stolen credit cards is only the first stage, though. Um, the hackers also need to find somewhere to have the items delivered. As such, some are looking to buy people's P.O. boxes or empty homes to use as drop points. To further insulate themselves from possible arrests, the hackers are also looking to pay pickers to collect their ill-gotten items. I mean, hmm. I'll tell you, there's a way to make money all the way around in this <laughs> if you're just willing. Uh, hackers are also offering their own discounts. Uh, one offered access to their botnets, uh, which is the networks of hacked computers used to conduct cyber attacks. For just $60, depending on your location, and another offered Black Friday coupons for discounted proxy services that help hide your identity. On the dark web, which is accessible only through an encrypted web browser, uh, it's a similar story. Vice News found thousands of Black Friday deals on dark web marketplaces such as Dream and Wall Street Marketplace. You might want to jot those down real quick. which vendors offering everything from discounted heroin and weed to cut price lifetime Netflix subscriptions and even knuckle dusters. Man. Mm, I would just say like knuckle dusters make great stocking yeah. stuffers. I thought there was like only like five people paying for Netflix anyways in the whole <laughs> world. <laughs> you know, like, well, I'm, and I'm one of those five. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> Uh, U.S. consumers are expected to spend $90 billion between Black Friday and Cyber Monday this year. Um, so, I'm just going to say, if you're looking, if you're in the market for some cheap heroin or knuckle dusters, <laughs> um, you might want to get a Tor browser and get on down in the dark web and just see what you find uh, this upcoming week. I imagine right. they're going to extend these sales out. That's usually how it works. Well, I tell you, know? you what, um, the brass knuckles that I had when I was 11, yeah. I get, they're long gone. I cannot find them. So <laughs> if anybody would love to send me a pair, I, I would like love to have them. You could do like most <laughs> kids do in Alabama and just pick up a pair at like a, a flea market or a Tanny Hill trade days or something <laughs> yeah. like that. The ones made out of pot metal. Yeah, sure. Right. Which I mean, I wouldn't want to get be hit. With I, yeah. They still got to hurt. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But you know, I don't know that you got to go on the dark web to buy brass knuckles. You really don't have to go on to buy heroin, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, send me an email. I might know a guy. <laughs> Is he having any, uh, does he have any dark Friday deals? I don't know. I hadn't <laughs> talked to him in a while. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but uh, yeah. But anyways, you know, we're all looking to save a little money here and there. So you might just, Times are tough. Times are tough. Yeah. I mean, uh, although gas is cheap right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like and it real only, cheap. <laughs> it only took the uh the murder of a reporter <laughs> <laughs> in the Saudi in the United Arab Emirates. He made a sacrifice uh, so we could gain. All right. It's very noble of him. All and right? I'm not laughing about a dude's murder. <laughs> sure that's horrible. Are. Sure you are. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that that may be why yeah. gas is cheap now. It's getting there. Yeah, yeah. That's 
part of the equation, I would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one ninety nine I saw today. So first time I've seen it under two bucks in a long time. Our so. president, he said, Thank you, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> well, I also saw that he tweeted that uh the world or fake news was blaming him for traffic jams because gas was so cheap. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's caused traffic jams or whatever. Right. Now who I don't I didn't see any news media saying that. I just feel like that was a good chance for him to say, Hey guys, look at your cheap gas prices and yeah, you know, send me a thank you note or whatever. Click like this tweet so I feel some sort of validation. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, if you're looking to to you know rent out a botnet or buy brass knuckles or drugs or babies or whatever else they sell on the the dark web, uh, you need to get on it this week. I mean, let's take advantage just while prices are low. <laughs> yes. Well, our next. Uh, story here is you know those uh apps where the kids get to call santa and there's a like a message from him yeah yeah right yeah well there was a lady in ireland who was not happy with her her son's app what happened because santa was threatening to find him and kill him <laughs> like liam nielsen <laughs> i don't know who you are <laughs> a woman is taken to facebook to warn fellow parents about a creepy call Santa app that sent a message to her son warning, I will find you and I will kill you. Hey, maybe your son had been bad this year. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah. You've been, you got put on the naughty list, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a step beyond the naughty list. Yeah, you've that's done like some bad the stuff. evil list. Yeah, you've done some real bad stuff. <laughs> Kirsty Elizabeth Taylor uh, was left absolutely fuming after hearing the disturbing message on the Call Santa New 2018 app which was downloaded onto her three-year-old son Finley's Kindle from the Amazon Child's Children's Store. Wow. Man. So, the idea behind the app is that it allows kids to speak to Santa himself in the run-up to the big day with cheery messages from Jolly St. Nick, supposedly just the touch of a button away. But Taylor found something altogether different played on the app when it was brought to her attention by her two-year-old daughter, Evie. When Taylor pressed the call button, she heard the kind of message more commonly spouted by Liam Nielsen in the Taken action film franchise. (laughs) It said, hello there. Can you hear me, children? In five nights, if you're free, I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Now the I want to let my kids call it. I was going to say the video that they had has since been taken down, but I'm going to see if I can find it. Hold on here. I I feel like... That would be pretty, like, I think my kids would, would, wouldn't be so much freaked out as think it was funny. <laughs> right. you know, they may freak Libby out, but, but I know Hudson and Thomas would think it was funny. <laughs> think it was awesome. Yeah, right. Let's see. <laughs> Come on, I know, it's, I know it's around here somewhere. Maybe I should have picked a different story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Crap! It's taken <laughs> down. Oh well. Oh well. Man, that really bums me out. Well, anyway, but while the image of a festive-looking Neeson making the threat might raise a smirk among the more juvenile among us, Kirsty was far from amused by the recording, which I can understand. Her three-year-old, yeah, you know, maybe not <laughs> three-year-old. <laughs> yes. I feel like you want to give that a run-through before you hand the phone to your. That's three, a good point. I mean, you know, and. Granted, there have been times when I have just handed Eli his iPad, but typically, I mean, he don't download stuff because he doesn't know my Apple ID. Right. You know, anything that's on his iPad, he has to go through me first. Right. 
Now, I know that there will come a day when <laughs> I will have less control sure. over that. That's going to, yeah. Yes. I mean, but, that happens. But, yeah, you don't want to just, whatever you're giving your three-year-old, you probably want to, like you said, yeah. you want to listen, you want to check that out Well, first. it's like, have you ever been on the internet? Yeah, that's what I'd say to that mom. Have you ever been on the internet before? Like, do you understand <laughs> the kind of, like... Uh, you know, mischief that goes on or whatever. So, you know, just give it a run through before, yeah. before you start handing it to your three-year-old. But whatever. Do you, 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 do you guys do Santa? Well, we, we, uh, how can I say this? <laughs> and, and any kids out there listening, you Santa might just, is a hundred percent real. He's a hundred percent real. Right. At my house, we play Santa, but. Yeah. You know, our kids are in on the joke, okay. if that makes sense. I got you. So we, we, we haven't, even though he's totally real, right. we haven't told our kids he's yes. totally real. Yeah, okay. You All know, right, yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm just going to, I mean, turn it off right now, parents. <laughs> <laughs> turn it off right now. I was totally against doing Santa. Okay. I, I did not want to do Santa with our kids because, to me, number one, it's a huge hassle to do. And number two, like... When you find out that your parents have been lying to you yeah, your right. whole life. Yeah, that's kind of r- crushing. And I've known some kids who just straight up from Santa Claus they went to, well, hey, God. Exactly. Same story. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, I've never seen him. How do I know he's yeah. real? But you know? Deidre really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, her reasoning was like, I don't want our kids to be weird. I want them to experience right. Santa and that soul-crushing you know, realization <laughs> that he's not real. <laughs> and so I went along with it, and that's fine. And really, Thomas, you know, when I, he asked, I was, you know, straight. I, I told her, I was like, whenever they ask me, I'm being 100% truthful. <laughs> I'm not going to lie yeah, to I'm them. not lying them to keep it going for another year. So when Thomas asked, he didn't act bothered by it that much. Mm-hmm. Hudson has never really came out and asked, but he knows. Right. Uh, and Libby is still, you know, mm-hmm. doing fine. But I'm so glad that we did not do the elf on the shelf thing. Because <laughs> that looks like the biggest hassle in the entire world. Yes. And I don't know how they've roped so many people into doing it, but I want to be like kudos to the elf on the shelf people. Yeah. Because, man, if you got to move that thing around like every day and do something, you know, from like whatever the first Saturday, mm-hmm. whatever the rules are for it. Until Christmas, that is such a. And joke. what do they put on the box that the elves like to make mischief? Yeah, right. So, so you got to come up with something for it to do. <laughs> I mean, this company has parents wrecking their own house. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not like that elf's going to clean it up. Yeah, I know. You know? And maybe I'm like a bah humbug, you know, because some <laughs> yeah. parents are probably listening to this right now and go, "Oh, we love doing it, and it's so much fun. I love seeing mm-hmm. my kids' reaction and all that." But for me, I was like, "No way, I will ever do that." <laughs> And I will say they went, Libby, last year maybe, or maybe year before, went through like, oh, we need an elf. Why don't we have an elf? Everybody's got an elf on the shelf, you know? And I just had to be like, the elf does not love us. (laughs) Santa didn't send us one, so the elf does not love us. (laughs) So, anyways, I don't know. I I just feel like if you're going to do a recording (laughs) of Santa, you want to listen to it first. Yeah. And also, don't do Elf on the Shelf. If I could, if there are any new parents out there listening right. to this, if I could give you one recommendation, I don't care if you do Santa or not, just don't do Elf on the Shelf because, man, that seems like the biggest headache. Because if you forget and then mm-hmm. your kid gets up and they're like crying because the elf didn't move or whatever, right. you got to come up with an excuse. I could, I can't handle that pressure. I just can't do it. 
And uh, me personally, and maybe I'm just like the forever fence sitter who yeah. just refuses to take a side. But I really enjoyed the way we we did it in my family, where we told Eli about the for real Santa Claus. Yeah, and we told him that we like to pretend that he still yeah. comes around. So we still do Santa. We do all the Santa stuff. Yeah, but even from an early age, Eli has always been in on the joke. Right. And so see, we, that's kind of what I would have. Yeah. Liked so to we done. keep the tradition. Yeah. But we're not lying to our children. Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't know. I may have told this story on the podcast. Like when I found out, I was in second grade. Mm-hmm. Tashawn Giles told me one day that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> Dude, second grade, I came home and asked my mom if Santa was real. And her answer, which I thought was a brilliant one, was, John, anything you believe in is real. You know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this is a load of crap. You know? <laughs> but, like, that's such a beautiful answer. That's like yeah. a, such a beautiful non-answer, you know? <laughs> right. And so so I, if I believe I'm an NBA player. Exactly. I'm an it's NBA real. Player. Yeah, like if you believe in yourself enough, then I could have been in the NBA and I just didn't believe enough, right? You could have been a free agent sure. in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> the eternal free agent. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, I never brought it up ever again after that conversation. And I was like 21 at home for Christmas and my parents were still wrapping presents like on Christmas <laughs> Eve night. And I don't know if it was because they enjoyed doing it or if they thought that I still believed in Santa Claus or what. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, different strokes for different folks. I don't right. really care. I, I, I would have liked to have done like you and mm-hmm. said, Hey, you know, straight up kids, Santa's a fun story, and really, you and know, we're going to do all, yeah, yeah. we're going to do all that. And there was actually a Saint Nick, and mm-hmm. he like punched heretics in the face and stuff. You know, like he was like <laughs> yeah. not as jovial as people would like to remember. That was just when he was around the kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but you know, we're, this is the real reason of Christmas, which we do emphasize all of that too, right? You know, at our house, but uh, it's not we're not a hundred percent. You know, all Santa. We don't have a Christmas village and all that other stuff like people do. Uh, Tara, she likes to do gingerbread houses. Okay. You know, we tried like to, that one time. I like to smash them <laughs> <laughs> when it's all said and done. We tried it one time, and uh, it, the idea of making gingerbread houses was a lot more fun than actually making gingerbread houses. And it turned into like a big fiasco and like kids are fighting and, you know. Everything. You know, nowadays you can get the, because making, I mean, I, th- I really think it's decorating the house that's yeah. the fun part. Right, yeah. Terry always gets the kit, like the pre-made stuff. Oh, we had all Basically that just glue it together yes. with yeah. icing. Yeah, we had all that Okay. Too. Yeah. But it's like um, putting up the Christmas tree, you know, which is one of our big family mm-hmm. traditions. Uh, that Our tradition really is that everyone will get mad at each other before it's over <laughs> with. And kids are crying because somebody put the ornament on they wanted to put on. And Deidre and I are tired of everybody fighting. And then we're fighting. And it's like... You know, what better way to ring in the holiday season yeah. than, uh, than just putting up our Christmas tree and having everybody get mad at each other? You know, I have a, uh, I have, you know, my last name is Sullivan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Irish. And my mother's maiden name was Pate. And so that's an Irish name as well. Yeah. Very, very Irish. One of our ornaments at the house is a really, really big uh, gold, you know, glistening uh, shamrock. Okay. And I always want to put that on like the top of the tree. Yeah. And Tara always... Stop hiding me. It around back. But yeah, she wants to hide it around back. And it just is <laughs> soul crushing. But yeah, you know, I had a favorite ornament that I always hung up on our tree. It was a disco ball, you know, that yes. we had forever. And I always hung it up. 
And then we bought one for our tree because, you know, oh, I'll just keep hanging it up and all that. Now the kids hang it up. And I, I secretly get mad at them every year because <laughs> one of them, I like turn around to get it. One of them's already hung it on the tree somewhere. I'm just like, whatever, guys. I've been doing this since like 1978. And uh, now y'all are taking my joy from me. All right. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. That was like a <laughs> X-Files sound. I guess that's our signal to move on yeah, to our next story. Probably. So kids can tune back in now because everyone wants a puppy for Christmas, right? Right. Um, and if you get a puppy, you just may want to be very careful of where he goes and does his business. Um, this comes to us from the Metro um, in UK, in the UK. Uh, a dog accused of racist hate crime uh, for pooing outside someone's front door. Oh, no. Yeah. A dog has been blamed for a racial hate crime for fouling outside the front door of somebody's home. The poo and run is among 2,500 reported ca- cases of hate crimes logged by the Met Police because the victim perceived this to be a racial incident. Um, other allegations investigated by officers in 2015 and 2016 included an envelope being opened and resealed by a man telling library staff he was campaigning for Brexit. <laughs> the 2,507 alleged hate incidents were revealed after a Freedom of Information request by the Mail on Sunday. Um, in the dog fouling incident, the log read, an unknown dog, which, how funny is it, they, the <laughs> log read, like you use that language, uh, an unknown dog has filed outside a victim address, and the victim perceived this to be a racial incident. In another case, the suggested barking dog was a hate crime. Police wrote, suspects dogs barking at victim. <laughs> David Davies, uh, Tory MP and former special constable, said that recording of such non-crimes was a waste of police time. Um, this is part of the reason the police struggle to investigate serious offenses such as home burglaries, he told the paper. People need to start thinking more carefully before they call the police. Other complaints include a person who felt a bus driver had given them a racist look and an angry dad who called police when his daughter lost a tennis match because he believed the umpire to be racist. <laughs> Uh, the informant feels his daughter was subject, subjected to racial discrimination at a tennis match where line calls were against her, the police said. Now, no word if this was Serena Williams' dad. <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember that whole incident a, a month or so ago. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> disputes between neighbors were common among the reported incidents, of course, uh, including one who battled with their next-door neighbor over parking and recently found a dead rat in their garden and perceives this to be racist. Current rules see police record any allegation described as motivated by prejudice as a hate incident, even if it's not serious enough to be regarded as a crime. So there's really no more information on the dog dookieing on somebody's doorstep. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, is a is a dog capable of racism? I don't you know. know. I thought I they just know. eat and go to the bathroom. And, I, I don't know. You know? I, 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 I'm going to admit this. Now, my family is not racist at all. You know, they're growing up, our family is not racist at all. Um, in fact, our family loves everyone. We, you right. know, fostered growing up, kept children of all different races and everything. Now we had a dog. Her name was baby. She was a little bitty, like feist dog. Mm-hmm. Every Halloween, she would bark and chase after black kids who would knock on our door. Not the white kids, just the black kids. <laughs> so you're going to say, yes, dogs are capable. I don't, I mean, here's what I think. Racist. I've thought about it a lot over time. Okay. <laughs> I've thought about it a lot over time is that. 
baby, our beloved dog, who we got after my brother passed away, and we love. Oh, that dog was so wonderful and so sweet. But <laughs> to it, white people, well, it never, it didn't interact <laughs> with a lot of black people. There weren't a lot of black people who lived in our neighborhood. Um, you know, the the black kids who stayed with us were all small, but uh, baby was kind of older by then. After she was like not old, you know, couldn't run as well and didn't really chase after people like she did. When <laughs> those, those foster kids could outrun that dog. Yeah, well, I think she was, <laughs> and they were like inside our home, so it was like a different thing, right? And so maybe it was just like, hey, they they this person looks different, you know? I don't know. But right now, my mom and dad are listening to this, and they're probably really embarrassed, but they know it's true that it happened. Okay. It totally happened. And I don't, we didn't put that on, baby. Like, we didn't teach our dog that. Of course we wouldn't teach our dog that. But it was just part of her, you know? Well, did you not, did you not shame baby? Of course, yeah. Yeah, we would be like, you know, bad dog and all that, you know? Yeah. But it, it wouldn't curb her, her behavior, so... Maybe dogs can you, be racist. You didn't try to like get her some counseling, <laughs> like send her to a send her to a dog therapist or something. That didn't exist in the eighties. I don't think <laughs> you could do that now, but that was kind oh, of hard. Totally, to, yeah. It was hard to find yeah. back then. You can get health insurance for your dog. Surely, there's like a counseling package that you can get. But yeah, you know, I just feel like uh, the dog, like baby in this <laughs> baby, instance, the racist dog. <laughs> she was not. I don't think. I don't know what her problem was. You know, I don't really know what her problem was. But there was a clear bias to her. You know, it's clear. Oh, and man. it could be, you know, just that there were people showing up to the door and they had mask on or whatever. You know, but it, I found it quite coincidental. <laughs> That, that dog was a white kid with mask good. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyone else with mask bad. <laughs> right. But our family is not racist by any means. You won't find anybody in my life that would say our family are racist. We're not. We were not raised that way. We're just not that way, okay? But baby was. Now, we got her from Tuscaloosa, so maybe it was like her parents and it was like bred into her or something. Right. I don't know. You yeah. know, that we can't be responsible for. But oh, man. It was always kind of embarrassing, you know, because Fence so small. Right. We knew everybody, you know, so people knocking on the door. Everybody and, knew y'all had racist know, Our dog. dogs like chasing their kids out in the yard and stuff. <laughs> and the funny thing was that she was so small. Like, she was so little bitty. She was like the run of her whole pack or her little or whatever she was so small that you didn't need to be scared of her you could punt her across the yard if <laughs> yeah. you wanted to but everybody would just run which if you run from a dog it's just gonna chase you you know that's just how it works well john i have to say before we started this this uh <laughs> story this article i thought how ridiculous but, but hearing that story so ridiculous now i think you know what that's a bad dog now look if we had and <laughs> if we had trained baby to go poop in our black neighbor's like yard or on their doorstep then that would totally be a hate crime I but you're guess. saying baby would just do it by she on would, her own <laughs> she would just poop wherever on her own she was just <laughs> we didn't teach her to go poop in their yard she that. just, just does. She just did. Like, it. And what do you do with a racist dog anyway? You know, like uh, you just have to put it down. I guess I don't know. Like, what's the punishment? I, I think you take a picture and post it on Facebook and like, tell everyone to shame it. This, this is a bad racist dog. <laughs> a Nazi dog. <laughs> this is a Nazi dog right here. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like I don't know. Like, do you hold the owner responsible for that? Like, what you know? Like, if somebody were to file that charge or something against yeah. my family, they would look at my family and be like, "These people are not racist at all. They're like some of the nicest people in this whole town." And uh, they. You 
you know, enjoy. <laughs> what was uh, what was baby's costume on Halloween? Did she dress up as Pepe? Uh, no, here's Pepe a, the Frog. All right, <laughs> I debated. I debated on saying this at the beginning. But baby, baby was a black dog, like a hundred percent black. Okay, like a hundred percent black. So I don't know what the problem is. You know, you see, you should be like, hey, these people are like me or whatever. But she wasn't. So, anyways, anyway, if we ever get famous, we have to delete this episode, <laughs> like get played and cut up and all kind of snips and stuff. Oh man! But I just would like to apologize for anyone who thinks that I had a racist dog growing up. <laughs> yes. And if I may have had a racist dog, I'm willing to admit that that maybe baby was racist, but we weren't the cause of it. You know, yeah. we were trying to rehabilitate her. Okay. In the, in the Earth Oddity podcast, we denounce. Oh yeah, racist. We hate of Nazis. all yeah. colors, stripes, and species. Yes, right, <laughs> so. right. We don't like any racist dogs. Okay, or <laughs> no. racist people, or racist hippos, or anything. Yeah. We're an anti-racism pod to get yes. podcast. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. We all like each everybody, regardless. But oh man, I'd say my dog now. I, he doesn't know any different. He's so dumb that he just he's colorblind. Well, he barks. He barks <laughs> at everybody. He, he is colorblind. <laughs> Jay just barks at everybody. He barks yeah. at nothing. That dog just barks. That's what he does. It's his so, name. Yeah, Jay Barker. I mean, <laughs> the dog barks all the time. <laughs> All right, man, okay. I, I don't know I'm going to follow that one up. I had to say that story is very short. I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was, but I had to, I had to throw some personal experiences in there. All right. Sorry, um, Mom and Dad. <laughs> yes. That was the greatest dog ever, though. I love that dog. I love that dog. Just not Not because it was racist. <laughs> I want to get on record. I didn't love the dog's racist part about him. I just loved his regular... Her regular part. I bet she taught it was a female, by the way. I bet she taught that other dog how to do the Nazi salute. Don't want to in trouble. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I think I think German Shepherd would probably be your standard racist dog. Oh, you think a racist dog? German Shepherd's got to be number one. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't think of like part dots and part feist as being racist, which is what Baby was. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Illinois parent <laughs> accused of wearing referee uniform to son's playoff game to influence the outcome. <laughs> okay. All right. I get on board with this. Yeah. <laughs> An Illinois father was accused in a lawsuit of dressing up in his referee uniform to influence calls during his son's high school football playoff game and possibly putting a cloud over the championship. Hmm. Parents affiliated with Simon Career Academy filed the lawsuit against the Illinois High School Association, the Chicago Tribune reported on Monday. The suit comes less than a week after the school lost in a quarterfinal game against Nazareth Academy, according to the newspaper. Nazareth Academy then defeated Batavia High School to advance to the championship game. Well, first of all, yes. let me just interject. You don't roll up against the Nazarenes <laughs> and think you're going to win. Okay. All right. We should know how this is yeah. going to turn out. The Nazarenes are really undefeated as far as history goes. All right. <laughs> The parent of a Nazareth player allegedly wore the referee uniform and was involved in the calls the referees made during the game, even though he wasn't part of the crew on November 10th. <laughs> the, father, the father in question is accused of speaking to officials in a spot where only referees are supposed to be. So he just... He just strolled on he, out there. Hey, he what just, up, guys? No, they sent me as an extra. Yeah, yes. right. The father also allegedly took credit for doing what was needed to make sure Nazareth Academy won, there the we newspaper go. reported. 
Citing screenshots from a Facebook thread, the father also allegedly said in a separate comment, I didn't make one bad call. I made sure the best team won. There you go. There you go. This is the kind of ref we need at Alabama games. You know? I thought we had these. Yeah, we do. We, we do. Let's we, just be honest. We have them. We do. Hey. The parents who filed the lawsuit contend the father breached the high school association's rules and have asked that no winner be declared as well as barring the father and the referees involved in the November 10th from officiating any more games. Yeah. If that's I true, that's like fair. If, if you don't know, if you're a <laughs> yes. ref and you don't know the stranger's not supposed to be there, yeah. You, yes. Yeah. Can we get them in the SEC, though? <laughs> I mean, they're available to hire. Let's just get them on in here. I'd like to see them call a lot of Alabama games. I think it's important that we stand up for these kids. Shay Allen, an attorney representing the parents in the Simon Academy lawsuit, told the Tribune, They've worked hard. Sports are a metaphor for life. If you work hard at something, you should get a good result. I've always felt that in addition, I want to say yes and. Yeah. <laughs> people will cheat at life. Exactly. Just like you people will get cheat in sports. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, well, you know, I mean, first of all, you can't let little Braylon lose his game. If you've got a ref outfit, you got to go out there. Yeah. But, you know, we had an incident like this with Thomas. Well, not necessarily like this. Similar. So he's playing park and rec basketball, and they had a game. And oh man, his team was so bad. They were they were horrible. Mm-hmm. I think they won two games that year, and the second one they won, like put them in. Or of course, they like automatically got in the playoffs or whatever. But they were playing like one of the better teams, and they happened to win. And uh, but there was only one ref. There's supposed to be two refs, right? And, and there was only one ref. But both teams agreed to play with only one ref because you mm-hmm. know it's like rec league, and whoever was supposed to be the other ref couldn't get off his shift at the plant, or right? Whatever. And so then it comes up. So hey, we won, and everybody's happy. And then we got to replay this game because some parents from the other team got mad because they lost, and there was only one ref. So they agreed to it. But yeah, yeah. but then when, when well, there's a winner declared, then it's right. like, wait a minute. And I'll say this: we're <laughs> friends with the who were with the coach of the other team mm-hmm. and his family. We've known them for a long time, and they are great people. And his his in his defense is, he said, "Hey, when the parents came to me and were like, hey, we need to appeal this loss.'" Mm-hmm. Um, what am I to do? You know, what am I supposed to do? I have to do what my, my parents want me to do. And that's totally cool, you know. You don't tell them to go home and suck it up. Well, that's what I probably would have <laughs> suck done. Suck it up, like, buttercup. Hey guys, Sometimes we, you lose. Yeah, we agreed to this and we lost. And, <laughs> yeah. hey, this other team, they're going to get bounced in the first round anyways. <laughs> you know, like – Thomas Long is on the team, and you know, like, <laughs> hey, they're not going to be that great, you know. But they had to play it again, and really, it it turned into this like whole big thing. That, really, yeah. Oh, like parents on both sides were real mad about it, which in turn like filtered down to their kids, you know, and everything. And that's just like the perfect example that we should set for our children. Right. Well, and here that you work hard, you do your best, but if you come up short, you get mad about yeah, you it. Get and mad you about fight. it. Complain to the league office. All right. <laughs> Well, then, uh, to compound matters, the coaches for Thomas's team were like 18 and 19 years old. Or I think they were like seniors in high school right. at, at a local Christian academy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they get all mad and bent out of shape about it, too, you know? And, of course, we play again. And they had to separate the parents. Normally, we all sit on the same side of the court. <laughs> Our side had to be way over on one side of the gym. Their side had to be way over on the other side of the gym. And our kids played really hard, but they lost. And... uh and then, like, we had, like, the high school kids, like, you know, 
confronting the coach on the other team and like calling him names and stuff. And we had like another kid's parents like booing and all that. Yeah. And I was just like, man, this is all over a rec league basketball game. Like, yeah. you know, are you getting this upset about it? I mean, just teach your kid that, Hey, sometimes life sucks and you just got to get lesson. over it. You know? That's a, that's right. a lesson they need to yeah. learn. Which is what you I know? tried to tell Thomas. Like, yeah. you know, of course he'd be like, Oh, they're so wrong for doing it. Cause he hears all the other kids say it. I'm like, look, man, sometimes life just sucks. You know, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry this has happened to you, but you got to get over does this not get taught anymore? I remember when I was little and, and I would complain about something not being fair. My parents would some would tell me, hey, sometimes life isn't exactly, fair. Exactly, right, yeah. And I tell Eli the same thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes when he comes to me and he says, you know, such and such didn't happen, it's not fair. I tell him, well, I'm sorry, but yeah. sometimes it's not. Yeah. Sometimes life just isn't fair and you're yeah. going to have to learn to deal with that yeah. and just suck it up. Right. Cowboy up. Yeah, cowboy up. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I'm sorry the kid's dad put on a ref uniform and influenced mm-hmm. the game, but we're not going to get lawyers involved or anything else. You know what we're going to say? Hey, maybe go to the officiating, you know, governing body and be like, hey, this crew probably needs to get, you know, some some discipline because they let a stranger onto the field and influence the game. But we don't want to vacate any wins. We're just going to take our lumps and go home. And, you know, here at the church, uh, there's, you know, a lot of Sundays we do dodgeball with the kids. And I always tell the kids every single time we do it, I say, hey, look, if I point to you and say you're out, you're out. Even if the ball didn't hit you, yeah. even if I'm mistaken and it's the most unfair thing in the world, <laughs> you're still out and you're just going to have to cowboy up and deal with it because the faster we get people in and out, the quicker we can we have can, another, another game. game right. We're not going to say, I'm not going to listen to you whine and cry about it. And if, if I hear a lot of that, you're just going to sit out and yes. you're not going to play at all. Yeah. You know, but you know, I mean, I guess the counterpoint to all, not necessarily dodgeball. <laughs> you've seen me get frustrated about it. Like people that like play a dodgeball, yeah. like we're giving away Olympic medals, you know, and you're I like, mean, Hey man, you're like seven years old. You know, it's not that big a deal. But, I mean, if these kids were, were to be believed, no one ever gets hit in no, dodgeball. Yes, right. Dude, can you believe in the entire history of Carroll's Creek Baptist Church dodgeball, no kid has <laughs> ever, ever been hit, ever. And I would like to say to some of those kids, like, look, I saw it happen. Like, me and you <laughs> yes. both know what happened, but you're definitely not telling the truth. And I really can't do anything about it because you're not my kid. But, I mean, we know what's up, kid. And we're at church. We're supposed to be honest here. But you're here. And Jesus knows who got hit by that ball. Jesus knows. (laughs) And and sometimes I do make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But, hey, you know what? If I mess up, but you still go and and sit out and be grown up about it, that's going to make your heavenly coach proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knows knows you weren't out. (laughs) Right. But, like, I would say, I guess the counterpoint to this is, is, hey, the other team, deserve to play under fair rules and be able to have a a, a shot at winning and well, all maybe that. they shouldn't have agreed to, yeah. <laughs> to have one rest yes right I, you know but i would just say and if anyone on thomas's team or the other team as happens to list of this and i doubt anybody does if you do you know like hey i would just like to say man it was a park and rec game it's been a year my over a year since it happened and i hadn't thought about it again until this until instance. now right and i guarantee you thomas hadn't you know right which may be why he's never going to be in the nba or on the middle school team or anything else in basketball because he, he saw how all you guys acted no just because it's not as important to him <laughs> But, like, I like to tell Thomas, like, let's not focus on being a professional athlete. Let's focus on owning a professional team and then mm-hmm. employing professional athletes because that's <laughs> where the real money is. Yes. All right? And so, you know, your future NBA son will be working for my 
future NBA <laughs> owner son. Yeah, right. that's how we do it in the Long family. All right, <laughs> mainly because I didn't pass out a lot of athletic ability to anybody. Yeah, right. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I just don't know. I just I had to tell that because you know I, people acted like. I, they acted like it was for the the you know Eastern Conference Finals in mm-hmm. the NBA or something. It's just like one game, and I know our kids deserve to get that win. I really do because they had had such a crappy year and they had lost some really close games and they tried real hard and everybody worked real hard. And then and the my, one game they yeah. win, the right. other team had to be a bunch of loser crybabies <laughs> yes, about it right. and protest it. And my son, who's only playing like the required minutes that he has to play <laughs> under league rules, you know, is out there and he's holding everybody else back or whatever. I get it, you know. <laughs> but it just wasn't something I was going to get real passionate about. And right. in turn, I felt like I taught my kid a pretty good lesson. that like, hey, sometimes crap happens in life and you just have to deal with mm-hmm. it, shake it off and go on with your life. Because nine times out of ten, most of that stuff isn't going to matter. Don't be Uncle Rico. Yeah, right. Don't be Uncle Rico. Let's move on to leevalleylive.com um, and this touching mother-son story. Um, mom drives with son on vehicle's hood after dentist office panic, cops say. Well, we all, most people don't enjoy going to the dentist. Uh, a Northampton County woman is facing criminal charges after she allegedly drove to a local police department headquarters with her son on her car's hood. Uh, Bethlehem Township Police said last Wednesday, Sharice Jones took her 12-year-old son to a dentist in the township. The boy refused to go into the office off Broadhead Road, we all know where that is, and instead (laughs) climbed on the hood of Jones' vehicle. The Uh 36-year-old Jones got into her car and drove two miles (laughs) to the Colonial Regional (laughs) Police Department with her son on the hood the entire time. Jones reported admitting to officers to driving two miles with the boy on the outside of the vehicle. <laughs> the speed limit on the road is 40 miles per hour. <laughs> He's going to need more than a dentist if he comes off that hood. Oh, yeah. Jones of the 300 block of Old Forge Drive uh, was arrested Monday and charged with child endangerment and reckless endangerment and was free on a $1,000 unsecured bail. An attorney has not yet entered an appearance for Jones in the case, and a phone number listed for Jones' address was not working. Um, I'd say, if man, you, if your kid gets on the hood of the car, you should not drive with him anywhere. You know, I understand the frustration. Oh, yeah, I don't absolutely. want you to think I don't. But, absolutely, but you can't do that because then yeah. you get in trouble. True. for reckless, you know, endangerment, and I think that's legit too, yeah. as as you should. Yes. Oh, yeah. But look, I would just say, you know, 
at, at the very least, grab him by that ankle and pull him off. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and if he happens to bump his head on the bumper on the way down, then that's just what it gets. It's a lot better than the potential for him to fall off and get ran over or – you know, like road rash all down his face, oh, like he's in a motorcycle accident or something. You know, just just grab him by that ankle and yank him off. You know, yeah. I I don't know. I don't feel I would have ever pulled this stunt with my mom. You know, because <laughs> you would have drove down the road. No, I feel like my mom would have just beat me. You know, yeah, yeah. like in public. Oh, same here, same like, here. Yeah. yeah, and I would probably do the same to my kids. And I don't think my kids would ever try this with me. So mm-hmm. um, they would just, you know. They they know better. I would I would hope you know. Now Libby, sometimes she might do something like this because she's a lot different than anyone else. But I found out this weekend from her parents that she acts a lot like Dieter did when she was young. So, oh yeah, with there's, so there's hope for her because Dieter's <laughs> like a normal, well-adjusted person, and I just need to get the tips on how they discipline Dieter growing up. Which Dieter always said she never got a spanking because she would cry and her dad would feel sorry for her and, <laughs> and not do it. Well, I will say that my kids, they do not get, well, you know, Josiah's one, so he's never gotten anything. Eli has gotten very few spankings. Yeah. And it was usually, it was a last resort when he did. Yeah. But I tell you what, you know, you you get them once or twice, good. Yeah. You don't have to do it much, you know. I would say Thomas got more spankings than any other kid because I had to learn, you know, like I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And and along the way, I kind of figured out, hey, there's other ways to skin a cat here and get a, a... a resolution without me having to pop him. You know? Plus, you got Thomas telling horror stories to his True. younger brothers right. and sisters. Hudson's only got a few spankings because Hudson will normally admit to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, hey, I'm sorry or whatever. Um, and Libby, she's gotten a few. She's pretty stubborn. She's, she just doesn't listen. You could have to tell her like 50 times to do something. And, you know, so she's gotten a few pops. But most of the time, like someone told me once, like if I have to hit you to get my point across, mm-hmm. then I'm probably not that good at getting my point across. Right. So, you know, I, I had to learn to work on how each kid listens and how they respond to different things and you know, get them to do anything. Now, this Sunday during morning during church, Libby was just ninety to nothing talking when it was like right at the end, getting close to the invitational, <laughs> you know, like altar call and all that. And I had to lean over and be like, I'm about to drag you out of here and beat you. And she <laughs> shut up for about, you know, two minutes. And then she started talking again and I had to give her a look and she shut up a little bit more enough to get us out of the service, you know? Well, but I don't it, know if you heard Eli, but he was, he was answering the, the, the preacher. Oh, nice. <laughs> you didn't hear him? No, I, I didn't. He was he was back there. Only Jesus. <laughs> At one point, he turned around. And he said, "I'm so bored. Is this over yet?" <laughs> well, Hudson, you know, he had a friend with him this morning, uh-huh. and his friend was like really paying attention, which is great. Uh, and about you know, I'd say 15, 20 minutes to the end of the service, Hudson leaned over and was like, "I gotta go pee," and I was like, "You can't." Oh man, me too. Yeah, I had to go so bad. <laughs> I was like, "You can't go," and he was like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, because Logan is paying attention. If you get up, he's gonna want to wonder what wonder what's going on. Maybe want to go with you, and let's let him listen to the message. You know, it's good. He doesn't get to be in church that much." And Hudson toughed it out, but by the end, I mean, he was legs crossed and he was ready. <laughs> I almost went in the altar call. Like, I almost took that as my Everybody's praying as time. Like, you're going to walk I'm, up and pray. Well, I mean, people, I thought people, there was like a lot of people walking up to the altar. It yeah. would have been no problem for me to get up and, yep. and just slip out the front door, you know? I would also like, just for anybody who goes to church with us, so I, I couldn't get to the altar. We have like some disabled people on one end. <laughs> yes. You know, I got kids on the other side plus, uh, retired air force lieutenant mm-hmm. colonel or whatever ralph is uh, didn't want to crawl over there 
So I sat quietly in my pew and prayed. Well, then when I look up, like everybody else in the whole sanctuary is like standing up <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> yeah. sitting there. Well, then I'm like, well, do I stand up now or just uh, I keep on sitting down? And so I just decided, well, I'll just keep riding with this sitting down thing. I want to feel like, you know, like, hey, uh, this is what the Spirit led me to do or whatever. Yeah. So I just don't want anybody out there thinking I was being lazy or anything. I actually was praying, okay? Well, I would like to say, and I don't want to disparage anybody from going up to the oh, altar if, they, if, if that's what they feel they need to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, there's nothing holy about that altar. <laughs> you no. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. God is omnipresent. You can yes. you can meet with God anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So don't make other people feel like they're not as spiritual yeah. if they didn't feel the need to walk right. down to the front of the aisle and put on a show for everybody. Yes. <laughs> right. No, I agree. And not that people in there are putting on a That's show. That's true. That's true, right. too. But, but yeah. sometimes that is the case. No, yeah, we don't. It depends. We're not altar shaming. All right. I just want to say that we're not altar shaming. All right. You, anybody feel free to go to the altar. It's a good, you know, humbling experience or whatever. Um, I, I'm not always led to go up there, but I have been before. And today, mm-hmm. the, just like the logistics weren't possible for me to go. Yeah. So I did it in my seat and I didn't realize everybody else had stood up at one point in time. So. Then I was just like, well, I guess I'll just sit here like a dope. You should have just been like, you know, the Lord just laid this on my heart. If you love Jesus, you know, kneel down in appreciation for <laughs> what he's done for you. <laughs> if you love Jesus, everybody just sit back down right now. <laughs> let's just take it easy. All right, let's get, take a load off. Did a lot of standing in today's service, okay? <laughs> the Lord has led me to take a load off. My feet hurt, and so he told me to to cast my burden on him and sit down in this pew until service is over, y'all. But yeah, it was like me and like the uh, three or four senior citizens were the only people I saw sitting down, you know, like the people on oxygen tanks and yeah. stuff. So. And my dad who's got Parkinson's. Sure. And then it's just me, like perfectly normal, healthy person, <laughs> just sitting down like some dope. But I didn't realize everybody stood up. I was like intense prayer, you know, session for yeah. me. and. I didn't realize that. Was Next that- time, just put your arm on the one beside you and, and like you're praying with them. Right. You know, I'm here for you, brother. <laughs> I say a whole nother aside to that is uh, I may have told this before. I don't even remember. But Dieter and I were, went to a, were visiting another church and they had like a, you know, every head's down, every eyes closed, you know, thing, you know, standard Baptist, you know, thing and raise your hand if you know the Lord. Well, I was praying and I missed the raise your hand part, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and so I just kept my head down and I was praying. I didn't even realize they had done all that. Well, like a couple of Sundays later, this guy comes up to Deidre and I, and we had known the guy's a very sweet and honest dude. Uh, and he's like, Hey John, uh, I just felt like I needed to talk to you because you didn't raise your hand when they asked <laughs> if anybody knew the Lord. Well, Deidre was like pregnant with Thomas, I think, at the time. So her like hormones are all out of whack. Well, she starts crying. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> there you go. Hand, sit- hand shaving. Right. And I'm sitting here like, well, no, no, no. I, I, no, I know the Lord. Like, I got saved on this day and I've been in church my whole life and everything. And how dare you, sir? Yeah. You have no idea how often I raise my hand. <laughs> I was like, you know, uh, I know I didn't answer, you know, the thing, but I didn't even realize I did that. I was praying, you know, and like, uh, like I never know what to do sometimes in like those corporate, pray- like, am I supposed to pray? Am I supposed to listen to the preacher pray? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? You know, I can't do, my brain doesn't work to do both though. So I may miss a, get your hand up if Jesus has done something good for you, you know, or get your hand up if you know the Lord, you know, where you're going to spend eternity. I may miss that because I may be praying for something else that's going on or someone else, which is entirely what happened. And 
Oh, it was such an awkward thing. Because you know? <laughs> oh, then when my wife started crying, I was like, well, did you, you know, in my mind, I was like, does she not think I'm saved? You know, like, <laughs> what's going on here? And the guy had the best intentions in the world. I actually wrote him a note, you know, like mailed it to him and said, you know, I appreciate you having not only the guts to come up and talk to me, but the care to yeah. come up and, and speak to me, you know, but also <laughs> might want to have your head down and your eyes closed too, buddy. You know? I bet that dude at lunch after church <laughs> I was, was like, like, I went up and talked to him about it. And, and John's <laughs> wife just broke down and crying right there. He wouldn't there. even admit it right there. Now, he's in serious denial. You know? <laughs> Going to put them on the prayer That's list. That's right. They're probably still praying for me. I hope he comes to know the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> like somewhere on the whiteboard in a Sunday school room at that church, my name's still up there. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Anyways, I just have to say <sighs> that was a very awkward moment. Man. Not, not almost well, today didn't really even get into that awkward scale. No, no, yeah, no. No. Yeah. But if somebody comes and talks to me tonight, who knows? Like <laughs> notice you was sitting down the whole time. You got something going on, you want to stand up and honor the Lord. <laughs> like <laughs> then you could be like, Well, I thought we were praying. Yeah, okay? right. Hey, I was, I was praying. praying. What were you doing? Yeah, I didn't see the sign to stand up. Where did everybody else get all that? You know? Anyways, I mean, we got the projector in the big screen. How about we get some cues up there? Applause, yeah. amen, yeah, right. stand, sit, yeah. all that stuff. You know, yeah, like in vacation Bible school, they play that little thing on the. Well, I don't know if they still do it. When I was a kid, they would play like a little chord on the piano, and that meant stand up. And then they really? play a chord on the piano, and that meant sit down. That's genius. Why don't we do that? I don't know. It'd be really awesome. Though. It would. And then you just like it's like Pavlovian. You need, you need to bring that up in Deacon's meeting. Said, okay, I'll put it on the agenda. <laughs> we should do that, guys. Because then I will record that tone to sit down, and I'll just play it on my phone <laughs> randomly. We'll hack into the soundboard. <laughs> Look at everybody stand up like in the middle of the service, and the preacher's like starting to wrap up early, like he thinks it's supposed to be over. I like this. This is good, this is good stuff. Oh, man. Okay, well, <clears throat> I have one story left, and this is actually an old story. And the reason this popped up is because somebody involved in this story has just recently been hit with some more charges, oh, yeah. which led me to seek out the original story. Like, yeah. you know, what what's the deal with this? This actually comes from February of last year, All right. but it was so bizarre <laughs> that we're going to talk about it anyway. Okay. And the headline here is, Utah polygamist charged with sending his wives dressed as ninjas to kill a teen that he abused. So let's say Mitt Romney is getting a little off the rails here. A Utah polygamist has been arrested for sending two of his wives dressed up as ninjas to kill a teen that he, you know, abused. Kane Blackwing, forty-seven. Ooh. That's a spooky name. That's a. I mean, it sounds like arrest. a Mortal, sounds like a Mortal Kombat yeah, character. True. Yeah. <laughs> he was charged with aggravated murder, conspiracy to commit aggravated murder, and attempted aggravated murder. KSL TV reported uh, he has not submitted a plea for the charges. Well, this was last year. You know, I'm sure that since he has, but uh, he is currently serving a 15 year jail sentence that he was convicted in 2014 of abusing then the 14 year old girl. Hmm. Uh, four days before the two of the 2014 trial, two women dressed as ninjas with black black mask reportedly broke into the teen's home in West Jordan, Utah. They were armed with a stun gun, Ooh. a knife, Ooh. screwdriver, matches, syringes, plastic wrap, tourniquets, 
and uh, some illegal drugs. Oh, well, <laughs> so they got a, uh, I, I didn't hear any throwing stars in there. That's standard ninja. <laughs> They're missing that, yeah, aren't right, they? Yeah. <laughs> this makes me question their ninjaness. <laughs> or what about the caltrops? Yeah, right. You got to throw those behind you yeah, so people exactly. can't they chase don't know after where you're you. going, right? <laughs> yeah. Um it says that their bizarre toolkit served a purpose. After spending time monitoring the girl, they were they were planning to break in, suffocate the girl with plastic wrap, and then stage a heroin overdose. Mm. Uh, but the um, the girl's fi- uh, hold on the the teenage girl, her mom's fiance to the rescue. Oh, okay. Turns out he was there at the time. Mama's boyfriend. Uh, who also, incidentally, this is Blackwing's half-brother. So. Oh, wow. That's, it even gets even wilder. I know. That's going to make for an awkward yeah. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was home at the time and he fought off the ninjas. All right. That's a hero. <laughs> there goes my hero. Here's his quote. She came at me with a stun gun, and I instinctively blocked it with my arm. <laughs> and then I hit her in the head, and then I proceeded to jump on top of her. The man told KUTV about the woman. That's my wedding night right there. <laughs> he then he grabbed his own sword oh. off of the mantle, oh. unsheathed it, and held it towards her and told her to sit down, and that if she didn't comply, she was going to start losing body parts. <laughs> oh, wow. He big dogged her with his own sword. Yeah. Okay. Like, you, know, hey. you brought a stun gun to a sword fight. Yeah. You may not know this, but I'm a ninja too. You know? I mean, and I, if you dare to, if you care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. I am, I am Blackwing's half brother. That's right. Yeah. I, who do you think he learned all his ninja skills from? You're coming at the master. That's right. <laughs> they call me Darkwing Duck. <laughs> <laughs> the engaged couple told police that they recognized the attackers even with their ninja disguises. Oh. So even with their ninja yeah. disguises, they still knew who they were. These are like the worst ninjas in the world. <laughs> They're not practicing ninja invisibility. No. Uh, the police responded to the scene. They detained the two women who are uh, Raven Blackwing 22 and a 19-year-old girl who they didn't name for some reason. Oh. But uh, they are Kane Blackwing's sister wives. Oh, okay. All so, right. You know, he's got this crazy ninja family where he's yes. married to a married to bunch a of all of, these other ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> the women told police that Kane Blackwing had sent them to kill the teen because he believed that he would be released if she couldn't testify at his trial. Oh, okay. Uh, according to authorities, they discussed the plot while they were while he was in jail using code words. They referred to it as playing a video game, and they referred to their targets as juggernaut, boss, and guards. Okay. Uh, the two women were convicted in 2015 of aggravated burglary, aggravated assault, and retaliation against a witness or victim of the charges. The hmm. youngest was put on probation, and Raven Blackwing got a 15-year prison sentence. Wow. And last week, she just got another <laughs> charge tacked on. So okay. That's why this is back up in the right. news. Uh, last week, Kane Blackwing's third wife. Oh, he's got another one. <laughs> Teresa Baker, 25. She was arrested for concocting the whole thing. You okay. know, being the I mastermind. The mastermind yeah. behind this. All right. Um, the sensei. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. It said, now, Teresa Baker here says that she met him when she was a teenager. 
and that he taught her fighting and survival skills and that he claimed to be a Shin Lord and he required his wives to refer to him as Lord. Okay. He told these women that if, <laughs> he told these women that if he ever bonded with a woman she became his property and the only way out of their relationship was death. Okay. Yeah. This what I told my wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, he's uh he's currently sitting in prison and Raven Blackwing is uh in prison as well and she just recently got Convicted like this past week of um, you know some charges of her own, right? Yeah, because apparently she abused this this teenage girl too. Oh wow! Yeah, so wow. it's a uh, it's crazy. But. So him and his two sister wives are in jail. He's got another sister wife on probation. Yes. Wow, that's tough. But I mean, they all deserve it, of course. You and just I can't t- go. <laughs> you just can't go staging a overdose or something. And whoever this teenager was that they were messing with, man, I just yeah. my heart goes out to you. Yeah, she and, needs to move. Yeah, you need to move. You need to get lots of therapy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine this is going to take. Yeah, many, many, many hours of like counseling say, to deal with this. Yeah. Good thing Mama's boyfriend was there. You yeah, know, to take care of the problem because who knows what would have happened. And I would like to say, I mean, I would like to tell this girl, she doesn't know already, that, uh, you know, I kind of secretly believe they're not really ninjas. Yeah. And I don't think you have to worry about them coming no. after you. I no, don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to, you know, vanish into a, yeah. in a poof of smoke and get out of that prison and come after her. You know, like, I don't, I don't see myself being able to convince, you know, two more women to marry me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's got to be a tough sale, number one. And then to convince them that you're some sort of, like, ninja lord or something <laughs> along with that. Yes. This dude's a heck of a salesman. I'll just say that much, you know? Like, I don't think I can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, my wife doesn't do anything I ask her to no. do. Yeah. You so. said, like, we come in and be like, hey, babe, I got you this ninja outfit to wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm a shin lord. I need yeah. you to call me lord. That's right. You From now on, you're only calling me lord. You're my property. And the only way to get out of this is if we if one of us dies, okay? And also, there's this teenager that I need you to go. <laughs> I need you to kill. Yeah. I'm gonna make it look like a heroin make overdose. Make it look like an overdose. All right. That's what I need you to do. And I love you very much. Thank <laughs> yes. you. I'd like to also. And let's then we'll some, party later. Yeah. I want you to go on in there and get some dinner going, too. I need to hear some pots and pans rattling because <laughs> the Lord is hungry here. <laughs> you know, I've had a long day out ninja and, uh, and I want some cornbread and peas and some pork chops. So let's get on that. Okay. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? I don't know. Like, no normal woman would sign up for that. They they had to have some problems, you know. Something. Yeah, something. I, know. I, I know. You know, but there's very manipulative people in the world and people who are more susceptible to manipulation. So it's probably one of those situations, you know, like Deidre's not like that, you know. Her worst mistake was marrying me, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, I was just a, a goofy guy that was, you know, knew how to charm her. Uh, but I didn't try to turn her into a ninja or anything or turn myself <laughs> into a ninja. Um, but speaking of interesting marriages, let's go to my last story. All right. Um, now we all, you know, fall in love, um, and find our significant other. And some people would like to get like a memento of their significant other tattooed on them. Um, you know, maybe their name. We all know that dude that got that, you know, his <laughs> wife's name tattooed on him and now they're divorced or we all know. Yes. Uh, That's a common story. Yeah, right. Um, well, here we go. This lady is from the UK. Um, a woman who is engaged to a 91-year-old chandelier has had her arm tattooed with a picture of the partner of her dreams. I was just like, wait, to, what? I just like <laughs> say to, that again. Yeah, say that again. 
Um, she's engaged to a 91-year-old chandelier, and she's had her arm tattooed with a picture of the partner of her dreams. And I'd say it's a it's a very good tattoo, you know. I, okay. I like the way it looks. Let me see. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Check out the links in the show notes. You'll be able to see it. Hmm. I mean... Okay, so you're not big on it. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was. I mean, you're a tattoo more of a tattoo expert than me. It's not a bad tattoo, but okay. I mean, it looks like a icon that yeah. you would click on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like some people are into getting. I've always wanted to get Deidre like airbrushed on the side of our minivan. You like her like in a leopard bikini <laughs> yes. or something. I've so bad want to like do that one day. You know, just without telling her, just take it and get it done. <laughs> like her, like holding a tiger, and she's like in this real skimpy bikini. You know, that would be awesome. It would be so cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> Especially if she was like, I don't know, on a shopping trip with all these other girls well, would, and asked you to come pick them up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what I would do is do it on the passenger side because she doesn't see the passenger side that much because she's normally driving it. You know, <laughs> yeah. and so she could probably ride around with it for a week without knowing. You know, if anyone out there in the listening audience does. This, this on the side. Yeah. And send us an email. Let's just do it. <laughs> we'll do it for we need free. you to do it for free. Okay. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, we'll hey, we'll uh we'll yeah. advertise your business yes. for yeah. free oh, on yeah. Earth Oddity Podcast yes. if you can pull this off. We'll defend your business if anyone tries to make like hostile claims against it or anything. Yes. Yeah. We'll so send gonna, our ninjas. Yeah. It's gonna need to be accurate though. I need to I it needs to look like her. And uh and yeah, but anyways, let's get back to Amanda here. <laughs> she's 34, and she's from Leeds, and she had her tattoo designed by star of Tattoo Fixers, Alice Perrin, on the hit television show. Identifying as objectum sexual, Miss Liberty is currently engaged to the chandelier called Lumineer and said it was love at first sight after spotting the light on eBay. Hey, that's the candle light. That's the candlestick from Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? <laughs> Lumiere. <laughs> Lumiere. The, uh, the chandelier was originally born in Germany 91 years ago and is 28 inches wide. Wrong. She, um, chandelier a, was made, not yeah. born. <laughs> got a picture of her kissing it right here, too. All right. Um uh, Miss Liberty, this is the caption under it. Uh, Miss Liberty is in an open relationship with her chandelier collection, <laughs> revealing that she is engaged to one named Lumineer. Okay, so that's not the one she's actually kissing; is just another one. <laughs> she's, she's just kissing she's, someone. Uh, she's got a Polly Morris relationship. <laughs> she gets around. <laughs> yeah. The tattoo took one and a half hours to complete, and Miss Liberty said she felt nervous about the needle before getting inked. However, Miss Liberty was pleased with the end result and said that the chandelier, uh, uh, that she thought it was brilliant and that gave me the energy, uh, telling me it was great. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. She tells me when she doesn't like things, but she really likes the tattoo. Well, okay. I would like to know. Oh, no, 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 wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Miss Liberty first fell in love with the drum kit at the age of 14 and has since gone on to love the iconic Statue of Liberty, <laughs> even changing her surname by deed pole to Liberty. So, so this, she, she's in love. <laughs> Apparently, her and the Statue of Liberty had a fallen out or something along the way. Um, and she says, immediately as she saw the uh, Luminaire on eBay, I knew that it was the one for me, and it was love at first sight. Uh, she was based in Germany, and all. What if I? What if one of us had bought that chandelier like outbidder? Yeah, He'd be right. like, "No, the chandelier wants to be with me." Well, I can't find where it says that she bought it though. Uh, <laughs> in, in the article, 
Oh, okay. All right. So after buying the chandelier, I patiently waited for her to be imported to the UK. And after six days of waiting, she was finally in my arms. Um, <laughs> she had been disassembled for her own safety. But once I put all her pieces together and she settled into her new home, our relationship just went from strength to strength. And I would just like to say, uh, Amanda Liberty, how dare you assume this chandelier's <laughs> gender? How dare you? Okay? I don't think that is right. Uh, the chandelier should be able to decide its own gender. Okay? Uh, and I can't believe you would stoop to these levels in this. It's 2018. It's 2018 in our current year in 2018 that you would do this. Um, anyways, yeah, a friend actually named her uh, Lumineer uh, because of the film Beauty and the Beast after the candlestick who comes alive. Last Valentine's Day, I proposed to her, romantic, to signify her <laughs> long-lasting love. What'd she say? <laughs> <laughs> I hope at some point we'll have a commitment ceremony. I haven't been engaged before, so it's very new and exciting. Um, Miss <laughs> Liberty said she preferred to spend her nights cuddled up to Jewel, a portable chandelier Uh-oh. that she happily tucks in bed with her. And Lumaire's cool with this? I don't think so. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm a one chandelier man, you know? Yeah. Uh, Lumineer and Jewel are part of the 25 strong chandelier collection that Amanda owns. And even though she is only engaged to Lumineer, she considers herself to be in an open relationship with the others. Oh, goodness. Um, she identifies herself as objectum sexual, which means that she's attracted to objects. Uh, and it says, again, that she fell into uh, love with a drum kit at age 14. And then the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty. Who she affectionately refers to as Libby. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, this lady's she's she's strange. I have to say, <laughs> I mean, in case anybody's wondering, she's not much of a looker. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that she didn't have any other options, so a drum kit sounded good when she was 14 or whatever. Um, she says she spends her spare time restoring old and broken chandeliers to their former glory, which I enjoy, and as I can tell that they enjoy the attention they receive. My dream job would be to work in public buildings such as Buckingham Palace. Whoa, we don't need you in there. That's like that's like somebody who's really into feet getting a job at a shoe store. All right, you don't want that. It's a bad combination. All right, right. Just, you don't want that. All right, so let's say we need to put that aside. Um, people often can't understand this. Uh, that she said that this is just natural orientation for me. That I can find the beauty in objects and sense their energy, and I think that would be called electricity. All right. <laughs> So, oh yeah, uh, I've uh, I've sensed that energy too. Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's painful. Me too. I've arced a one ten in a in a light fixture before too, put up a ceiling fan. I didn't enjoy it. No, not at all. <laughs> I uh, felt like my chandelier put off really bad energy. If you know what I'm saying. Yes, I'm not hurting anyone by entering into a relationship with them, and I'm simply just following my heart. The article ends uh, with that quote from her. So, lady, um, I mean, more power to you. No pun intended. Uh, you, you know, you can be with all the chandeliers you want to be with, but I also have the right to say that's really weird, okay? <laughs> and I'm not hurting anyone by saying that. It may hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. If you listen to this, you know, we, we are, we're, we're gaining popularity in the U.K., 
So let me just Come take on the back show that last and, statement and, and, and yeah. tell us about it. Yeah, I would, we would love to hear. I would about love it. to hear about it. I would maybe be, not details. I want to know but, what kind of drum kit you fell in love with when you were fourteen. Was it like oh, a, a pearl or I'm, a Ludwig? Or I'm dying to know why. Yeah, you and Lady Liberty had a falling out. Yeah, right. You know yes, what happened, especially after you change your name. You know, like like. Why would you leave her, you know? I mean, who broke whose heart here? I don't know, man. You uh, think maybe it was a, a just long-distance relationship? I, they're tough <laughs> to keep up. They're really out. tough to keep up. <laughs> and plus, you know, Lady Liberty like welcomes everybody in, so maybe she wasn't feeling like she was getting the personal attention she needed, and she went to a chandelier, which needed her help to be repaired and restored mm, and man. cleaned and and all that, but... You know, I mean, more power to you if that's what you're into, I guess. Um, once again, it's the internet, I feel like, you know, <laughs> allowing all this to happen. Huh. All right. So let's get to community news here. Um and talk about our favorite sponsor and your favorite sponsor. Yes. Cajun Curl. Um, World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Uh, We want to thank them for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order their spice and their Cajun Curl cutters for potatoes right there. I'd like to encourage everyone to use the promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Um, We're here in the Christmas season now. Everyone needs stocking stuffers. Yeah. Um, and nothing like a little can of Cajun curl to make someone's Christmas happy, bright, and spicy. All yeah, right? spice up your Christmas yeah, Eve. spice up your Christmas with a little Cajun curl. Um, created on the Elm Bayou. The Jolly Elm Bayou. <laughs> the Jolly Old Elm Bayou <laughs> in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana. It's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, fruitcake, Santa's cookies, and a glass of milk, and anything else you can think of putting it on. (laughs) The spiral potato cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, it's easy to clean, and it will allow you to make your own chips using the Cajun Curl Spice. If you want to make Santa and his reindeer happy, make you up a batch of your own homemade potato chips seasoned with Cajun curl spice and leave them out for him when he comes down the chimney because Santa's definitely real not that we <laughs> not that we talked about anything else for him to snack on after he leaves your gifts uh, on their website CajunCurl.com you can not only order the Bayou Blended Spice and the Ch- Cajun Curl Chip Cutter but you'll find uh, these awesome recipes there you can also locate your nearest retailer or order your own. And once again, if you're going to order it, you might as well order it from there. Use the code EOP10 to get your 10% discount. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it. Here locally in Tuscaloosa County, because we know we got a big following in T-Town, you got it at Vowels on Skyland, South Spinus Meats, and Piggly Wiggly in Northport. Yes. All of their products are made in the USA, so you not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel really patriotic while you enjoy them. Thank you for your service. Um, it's all natural, low salt, and has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. www.cajuncurl.com. 
Check them out and use promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Once again, use the promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. All right. Did we did we read the review from Pogmaster Flash? Ooh, I don't think so. On November 1st? I don't think so. I was about to say, this is an old one, but I think we somehow missed it. Yeah, they're and, all like out of order now or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was five stars, all and right. it says, Give these boys a listen. I feel like I could hang with these two. No fake news here. All right. Well, we do our best. Occasionally, a fake news story might slip through, but we do our best. Yes. And we would absolutely love to hang out with Pong Master Flash. Oh, yeah, sure. So hit would. us up. <laughs> um, we had a message to the Facebook page. I don't know if you saw it, um, but it won't let me read it. I guess the guy dele- deleted it. Uh-oh. But all it said is from Chris uh, Jericho, not the wrestler, <laughs> by the way, although I wish it was. Oh, uh, His profile picture seems to make him of uh, Indian descent, not Native American Indian. Right. Um, but it says, all it says is, hey, sir, busy. <laughs> Hey, sir, busy. That's all. It won't let me read it, but that's all I can see of it right here. Oh, man. But then I click on it, and huh. it takes me to the message, and it says no messages. So I feel like Chris was probably spamming us something and maybe mm-hmm. have gotten his account deleted. But uh, if not, Chris, we just want to say, man, I wish I could have read your message on air. Um, but if you were spamming us, please continue to, because that's cool to me, too. And we also had an email. Uh, this email comes from... Hold on. <laughs> Samata Patrick. Oh, yeah, Samata. And it says, good day. How are you doing is me, Samata? All to right. which I replied, uh, fine. Glad you doing well is me, Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes. Thanks, Samata. Thank you so much to our community for the reviews, for the messages, <laughs> for the emails. Yeah. Thanks, guys. appreciate it I would like to see a little more reviews out of people I mean I don't know how many times we have to say it before we just realize that people are very tight with their reviews you know we were actually down this week and I'm assuming it's because of the holidays oh yeah but uh yeah that's probably what it was and also Sunday school attendance was down too there's probably a correlation and the controversy last week Uh, we got all the emails about that just like to apologize so (laughs) We hear you loud and clear for what was said last week yeah. on last week's episode. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to. I know. Let me just go on the record and say that I didn't mean to stir any of that up. Yes. And we, uh, you know, I just offer a heartfelt apology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to say some of y'all just need to get over it. You know, <laughs> and you might want to put that in your pipe and smoke it and, uh, and just let it be. But I know that last week's episode, you know, it, it rubbed some people the wrong way. Right. And so, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying you need to go back and listen to it because you probably will be offended too. And we don't want to go through a whole another hundreds of right. thousands of emails again of people telling us how bad we were for saying Or how that. wrong we were. Yeah, or how wrong we were. Or and how the few of you out there who agree with let me. Let me just say, say this, this one thing that I, that we're talking about. If if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. You know, and some of you need to do a little self-introspection. Say a lot of mean stuff about me, okay? <laughs> I don't think that's cool. I know I look funny. All right, I got a mirror. <laughs> you didn't have to point it out to me a thousand different times. I know. I know what I look like, so that's cool, all right? Anyways, it's fine. Everybody go buy some Cajun Curl yes. and be happy about it. Yes, because this, uh, this is the season to be jolly. That's right, yes. 
You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us no matter where you get us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Overcast, Acast, Podcast Republic, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, iHeartRadio. We're That's on right. them all. Thank you so much. Yes. If you would like to email the show, you can email us. We are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you want to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity. We have an Instagram Oh, yeah, it's the exact same. Exact same. Very active over there. <laughs> pictures up all the time. Underscore Earth Oddity. And yep. if you would like to call the show and leave us a message, we have a number. What's that number, John? It's 662 493 2059. That's 662 493 2059. Had a lot of calls last week. Couldn't get a lot of them <laughs> on because of the profanity that was in them. I'm very disappointed in yeah. the choice of some of y'all's language, especially some of y'all we go to church with, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, regardless how you're feeling, uh, we hope everyone has a good week. Earth Oddity for the French Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.